0: The Accidental Engineer. Welcome all, Max of The Accidental Engineer here. Today, we have the pleasure of being joined by Conrad Iturbe. Did I get that right, Conrad?
1: Yeah, you got it right.
0: (laughs) Okay, cool. So Conrad, for our guests that don't know, is in Spain and is well known in the GoPro, uh, action camera, digital camera, reverse engineering community. Uh, I came across Conrad because I'm a GoPro fan myself and uh, love to work with the video footage captured on there. And uh, Conrad's created a very popular uh, open source library for driving uh, GoPro cameras using Python called GoPro PI API. Uh, it's not an official GoPro library, so I'll, we should probably qualify that. but it's very useful. You can uh, turn on and off the, the camera remotely. You can turn on and off recording remotely. You can take photos. You can do all sorts of amazing stuff. I'll include a link in the show notes. Uh, but for people who are curious how you got into it, how'd you get into it? How did you get into hacking cameras?
1: Okay, so uh, it started out of a need. Um, I needed my camera to do long time lapses. That's that's how i started into like uh, hacking in general or like even programming because i i didn't really code any anything before uh so back in the day in the hero 2 days uh their cameras were pretty simple you could you they could do lapse for only photo it didn't compile the time time-lapse into a video file like they do not they do now now uh, back in the day they, they just took photos and the, the intervals were uh, I guess were appropriate for like most of people, but uh, for me I wanted to do a really long time-lapse, like a month of uh, time-lapse to even uh, a year to see how the season changed and uh, that sort of stuff. I was really interested in doing that. Uh, and I started looking uh, around on the internet, uh, maybe see who, who did this, and uh, this was around the time when GoPro uh, sort of bricked the Hero 2 they released a firmware update and they pricked a lot of cameras. People were really pissed, and their method of fixing it was actually uh, dropping an auto-exec file along with the firmware that would flash certain, uh, I mean, they would uh, erase certain uh, section of the memory so that they could flash the firmware again and get the cameras working. Uh, so I started looking into what this file does, and I recognized that it was uh, a command, a, a Unix command, and, and it, it accepted parameters and stuff, so I just... Uh, Wrote some simple echo uh, test and piping it into the SD card and and it worked in the Hero 2 it worked. That got me into like uh, learning how how the firmware works, how it was packed and uh, what it contains. So it contains a ROM FS section, some uh, section for the the A-A-A icons and uh, from there. Oh, did my GoPro just shut off? Yeah, I think it did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm actually using I'm actually using a GoPro now to 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 do the video. Uh, but yeah, it, uh, that's how I, I learned more about the commands that you could put into the camera, uh, into this autoexec.ash uh, file, by looking into the firmware first using strings and then using some more advanced method in uh, regular expression on the file itself, uh, bin diff and that sort of stuff. Uh, so yeah, that's how I got into into reverse engineering. I really wanted the camera to to do more uh, longer time lapses, and uh, that's why I I got it working.
0: Yeah, I think it's worth highlighting that. If you tried to do this with a Canon or a Sony uh, around the same era that GoPros first were coming out, it wasn't thought by Sony or Canon HQ that you yeah. should put a wire wireless card inside of a camera, and that was that was something really novel. Maybe I'm wrong about that, but it seems to me like it was novel about GoPro was that you could remote control the cameras over Wi-Fi, where Sony and Canon and the other established uh, digital camera manufacturers were not even thinking about doing that. Is that is that yeah. maybe one reason that you think you got into GoPro first? I know another reason is you're you're you like action cameras, and I totally agree with you on that front. What what would you say sets sets apart uh, GoPro and the other action cam manufacturers out there?
1: So, well, I. Like, first of all, GoPro is already like a really established company and the uh, action camera manufacturers that want to compete, uh, like, they need to either nail everything or they won't make it. Uh, see, for example, uh, Garmin, uh, so Sony even tried to get into the action camera market with the uh, long, long, like, uh, more tubular cameras. Uh, they didn't make it. Uh, Contour didn't make it, Rift didn't make it. Uh, a lot of other companies didn't make it, but uh, the way that GoPro sets them apart, I think, is just uh, the commitment to just quality. Like, the fact that we get now 5K video, no, action, no other action camera makers doing that. And uh, GoPro's also got some IP that they that don't have. They have acquired a color, they have acquired cineform, they have acquired other companies to make, really make the cameras stand out in comparison to other cameras. Because when you buy, like I don't know, like a Xiaomi, but that, by the way, also dropped out of the camera market. I have two of them. Um, the the quality is just not there with the GoPro. Like uh, the stabilization is not there, the audio is not there, definitely not there. Um, even the integration with the app, the customer support, the mounts. Uh, so if you want to take a job at GoPro, you really have to excel in all of these parts.
0: When when you mentioned that the the latest GoPro. Uh, supports capturing 5K resolution video. Uh, for our audience that might not know the history of different resolution formats that are possible to capture on GoPros or digital cameras in general, wh- what does uh, what buying a, a camera that captures 5K footage get you? Like what what is it that uh, if a competitor appeared and offered something with lower resolution capture like 4K, what, what is it that 5K versus 4K really gets a consumer? Uh, because both you and I are consumer camera uh, yeah. buyers and owners. Uh, we don't make our life you know, income off of the footage that we capture on, our, on the GoPros yeah, yeah. that we own. So this is
1: interesting because there are two sides of this. So resolution isn't everything. You see on Amazon, like if you search on action camera on Amazon, you see like, uh, this camera has 4K20 and it costs. Uh, I mean, 4K30 or even 4K20 and it costs. Uh, I don't know, 30 US dollars or 40 US dollars. But the resolu- resolution isn't everything. And uh, by what I mean by f- capturing 5K is, you can have 4K and uh, cropping on the on the sen- on the on the sensor. So you can have 4K and have a traditional uh, view of, of the uh, like an analog view. That's what it means by, capture, by capturing 5K. So you can uh, not record in 5K, in fact, I have uh, two here online, I have one here. Uh, one or twice I have used 5K on this camera. The rest of the time I just use 4K and linear because it ensures how you get a, a normal view of the camera, not just this wide view that I, I don't really like. I've never liked that, uh, that view actually. and. Uh, but yeah and also five k means you can just use the five k video and drop it into the timeline and like crop in on areas that you want and get it and still get a four k output and that's that that's what's interesting but uh, so, the yeah. answer sort of having five k is also like a, you get a less a small like a smaller sensor uh, no i mean not smaller sensor smaller pixels yeah so totally, uh, that totally. can increase noise
0: yes there there's a, a acronym that i learned recently myself about uh Optical image stabilization, stabilization mm-hmm. rather than digital image stabilization. And uh, what uh, 5K resolution is getting you, like Conrad's describing, is you might not, you might, your camera might uh, have a field of view and a resolution. It can capture 5K resolution of pixels when you're recording. But uh, like Conrad's describing, using algorithms, you can. Uh, smooth over many sequence of frames of video, uh, a cropped version of 5k resolution that looks really stable. And so when you're doing action stuff like biking or running or jumping out of helicopters, uh, you you might not want to capture 5k resolution format video onto your SD card for editing later because God knows how hard and long it takes to edit 5k resolution video uh, but you can get really really smooth digitally modified um, video output that's been cropped like is describing uh, was that was that a GoPro invention or was were there do you know of brands that were pre-existing that did the yeah. same thing
1: the, the first I mean like the first one I I know of I think it was Xiaomi that did it. I think other OEMs uh, started doing it, but uh, the stabilization was just really bad. Like they want to have the E4K Plus. I think it came out. Uh, uh, I think it was at the same time as the Hero Four, or Hero Five. Can't remember, but it wasn't very good. Uh, like uh, the stabilization, like it, it just like warped it and it made everything horrible. So it wasn't a GoPro invention. In fact, I think some phones even had this uh, EIS before. But GoPro is just taking it to the next level. In fact, if you uh, talk about others 5K, what happens if you have uh, two lenses side by side and they capture 120 degrees? So you can just then crop in on any part of the, of the uh, spherical view, which is what the GoPro Max does. And uh, that's, that's also uh, not a GoPro invention, but the GoPro has really, really put a lot of effort and uh, they accelerate.
0: That is really cool. I myself don't have a GoPro Max or any 360 camera, but to describe for our audience, you capture video, and, and I'll have you describe it because I'm not going to do this justice. You capture a 360 degree range of video where you're yeah. it literally sees everything in the field of view if you turned yourself around in 360 degrees and it captures that 360 degree video. How do you then capture it? Like what? What uh, what what do you use three hundred sixty degree footage for, and what do you see that being uh, specifically useful for to our audience?
1: Well, I mean, three sixty degree video uh, existed for I think like I don't know a long time, and uh, uh, people started used it uh, in the past for uh, tours, like uh, or even uh, photos for Google Maps and, and that sort of stuff. So it it wasn't uh, meant for uh, like traditional shooting. Three sixty cameras were just used for literally three sixty shooting. So even to watch it on a on a VR headset on, or put it on Google Maps. But uh, what is really cool for like a typical audience is you can record the three the three sixty video on a GoPro Max or on a, any other three sixty camera, and then export a section of that of that of that video, and uh, it can be any section that the lens ha- that the two lens have captured. So. You could like record in the front and then record in the back so for instance, one thing I did is I put it on on the dashboard of my car and I recorded uh, what what I was seeing what my like the front of the car, and then I also recorded me driving and put them side by side and that that was pretty cool and another thing I did was uh, because the lenses like don't miss really any spot I, I, as long as you don't put anything in front of the camera and you just put it in between the seams um it records it and this creates an effect where you can just uh, put a stick, uh, like uh, uh, b- below the camera and the stick won't appear because it's in between the seams. And that just gives a really, really uh, th- third person view of, of you. If you hold the stick in front of you and I used it uh, for par- paragliding.
0: Yeah. It allows you to make decisions about where you want your camera oriented, uh, after recording rather than At the time of recording, everyone's used to the sensation of wanting to uh, frame your camera on what you want your camera focusing on. But yeah, like you're saying, the 360 camera, that offloads that decision making (laughs) to later when you're uh, wanting to edit and maybe modify oh, we were looking at the cow, we should have been looking at the person crashing their car.
1: <laughs> yeah, you don't have to aim the camera at anything. The, cam- the, the camera records everything, and later you, you aim where you want.
0: So you, you were describing how you first got into uh, digging into the internals of the camera when, when the Hero 2, I think you mentioned, was bricked mm-hmm. by a software update. Uh, has, is, for people who are familiar with software engineering, uh, there, there are APIs that the cameras expose um, via Wi-Fi network, and to to, to give a, a ten thousand foot view, uh, how how did you learn about these APIs? What are, what what does the the specifications of those APIs kind of look like? Do they have a, a handful of URLs that are uh, yeah. queryable via HTTP? Like, are they authenticated in some way? How how complex is their APIs?
1: Well, they're not uh, complex uh, at all. There's no authentication. So once you connect to the Wi-Fi of the GoPro, you just uh, query uh, the. There's a static static IP that's ten point five point five point nine, and then there are just uh, get paths that you can query, and they they will execute and return a, a JSON message. That's on the Hero four and later cameras, and. Uh, these APIs can be uh, sniffed using uh, like Wireshark or packet capture or pretty much anything that uh, supports a man man in attack for a Wi-Fi network. Uh, I use I use a lot of uh, Wireshark for this sort of stuff, and uh, it's uh, it's not HTTPS, so it's just plain HTTP and can be intercepted easily. And the structure pretty much follows what is uh, described on the manifest that GoPro also exposed. Uh, and with this manifest, you can get all the commands and, and know what's what to query when you want to change a setting and that's this sort of stuff. So it's it's pretty easy, really.
0: So one of the things that I, I was so I was surprised I came to GoPro cameras very late in the game uh, or action cameras. I, I only started playing with them a few years back and I'm shocked at how. Uh, short their battery lives are, this might not actually be unique to GoPro cameras, but uh, for audience that don't know, when you capture video on a GoPro camera, even the latest ones, uh, regardless of resolution that you're capturing video, they last about one hour. I mean, that's that's a rough estimate, but uh, there's got to be a lot of, uh, when you're out in the field and walking around, you got to be careful of your battery management or, or bring up, bring a a backup battery or capture footage carefully. Uh, So how, how do you deal with this issue, Conrad? I I know you do a lot of time-lapse and uh, the next topic we talk about, which is getting footage and clips off of cameras is, is also power intensive. So how, how do you cope with it? Do you carry around four batteries?
1: Yeah, I actually, okay. So I have the, I have Four batteries for the Hero 7. I ordered three more for the Hero 9. I have two extra for the uh, Max, and so in total three. And but basically, what I did for what I, what I use for uh, getting uh, ba- more battery life of the GoPro, this like uh, it can be applied to pretty much any GoPro, is turn voice capture, I um, mean voice com- command off. We don't, re- I don't really need voice co- control. I can just uh, toggle the camera manually leave wireless connections on, that's Bluetooth and Wi-Fi, unless explicitly necessary. So if you're controlling the camera and you need to, to control it or offload it, yeah, you can use it. But uh, when you're sh- out shooting, you don't. I guess you don't need Wi-Fi unless you need to aim, use your phone to aim. But uh, if, it's, if it's not critical to use Wi-Fi, just leave it off. And uh, then what I like to use is just uh, shoot at a lower resolution. I, I usually shoot at 2, 2.7K or even 1080. And uh, yeah, I guess those are tips. In cold scenarios, uh, it I think it helps to put it in some sort of um, uh, I don't know housing, like I have here. It's a silicon housing for the for for the Hero Nine uh, because cold temperatures do reduce the battery life.
0: When uh, it comes to using uh, external uh, power supply, do you have any kind of like a Mophie device or external? USB-C that you can plug into the camera that gets you, <sighs> excuse me, <laughs> gets you more battery life than the than a single GoPro battery. If you know what I mean.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I have I, I have uh, two battery banks just for GoPros. In fact, I'm using one right now for the for the Hero Seven. So it's it's just like a, a, normal, Xiaomi bank, uh, a, a normal Xiaomi power bank, and the other is also a normal Xiaomi power bank and. Actually, in the Bacni Hero, Hero 3 and Hero 2 days, and even Hero 2, GoPro sold an uh, accessory that was just a, an external battery. So the idea was that uh, you could just uh, like sort of put it here, and it was just like an external battery that clipped onto the camera and uh, gave it uh, another hour or two of battery. And uh, I, ha- I still have it for the Hero... I still have two of them for the Hero 4, <laughs> because one of them was uh, Hero 2 uh, era. And uh, that's actually really good for time lapses because you can get uh, like uh, two or three hours worth of time lapse in, on a on a Hero three or Hero four with this uh, battery backpack. It's called, but uh, not for not for later cameras. They they drop the port.
0: Yeah, at least in the the latest cameras, you need to open the housing of the camera to plug in an external power bank. Which if yeah. you're doing an outdoor time lapse like you're describing it opens your camera to the elements of weather, and uh, you need to f- come up with a, like, saran wrap, plastic wrap solution to help. I mean,
1: uh, actually, for, so for the Hero 8 and Hero 9, that's not, that's not uh, an issue really that it was, uh, yeah, well, I mean, I'll show you what I have. So this is, I don't know if you can see, so I have a Hero, uh, I mean, a USB port here. Mm. So I can just uh, plug in my my GoPro like this, and it it stays here. So, but th- this gotcha. is a, a door that has a hole for the yeah, it's charging now. This 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 has a hole here for the USB, and it's uh, big enough to for a cable to come through, but uh, like uh, small enough that it won't uh, put any any dirt or anything on the USB port.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. So this brings us to the next point I've been meaning to ask you about, which is what is the ideal way to get clips you've captured off of your camera? Obviously, they've, there's now support for live streaming where you can point your camera over Wi-Fi to an RTMP server, which you can live stream video to. Uh, and that can be to Facebook Live, YouTube Live, Instagram Live, whatever, your own proprietary live streaming if you want. Um, But obviously that also massively drains battery. Uh, (laughs) uh, What are, what are the, uh, what are the ways that you've come up with? What's the most productive way workflow that you have for getting clips off of the camera or any tricks that you've got to recommend to our audience about how they should, uh, Hmm. I don't know, do perform their workflow of getting the clips off their camera and onto their phones or, uh, laptops.
1: Yeah, so uh, there are multiple ways of getting your footage of the camera. Uh, the most traditional way has always been either using USB or an SD card uh, reader. So, I guess the most, like, like the best way is just to use the SD card reader because uh, it doesn't depend on the camera. So, the camera, if the camera shuts off in the middle of your transfer, uh, that won't happen with the, with the SD card reader. Uh, it's also faster, it doesn't drain the camera battery. You can still use the camera uh, with another SD card. Uh, and and it's like super reliable, of course, unless you like accidentally unplug the SD card reader. That that, that like that really doesn't doesn't happen. Uh, that's that's the way I've been doing it for years, actually. And uh, the only downside is uh, uh, on Linux, like uh, sometimes the thumbnails doesn't, don't generate. Uh, but uh, I mean, I I like I I know by, based on the file size, I can know which clips are good or not because they are long or or they are short. Uh, that's, that's really the way I, I recommend doing it. Uh, it it works for, for all GoPro cameras because they all have a SD card. Um, if you want to offload uh, to a phone, uh, you can use this uh, adapter, which is a GoPro Quick Key. It's available on the GoPro site and it's a SD card reader for the phone. Uh, it works really well. I, I use it all the time. If not, you can just use the Wi-Fi. Uh, be aware that that drains the battery and it can be slow. Uh, and uh, if, you're, if your camera shuts off or anything, your transfer is is in along the way and uh, it will be cancelled. Um, the way I do it now in the computer is actually using uh, GoPro Connect, which is um, a protocol that... Uh, well, it's not really a protocol, but it's, it's just a way that GoPro uh, has implemented in the Hero8 and Hero9 to have uh, the APIs that are normally exposed on Wi-Fi exposed on USB Ethernet. So. You can just use the preview of the camera on your computer via USB. Uh, That's how they get the webcam uh, functionality on the Hero 8 and Hero 9 working. They just use the same APIs that they use on the phone, but instead over USB-C. And they also expose an endpoint to query uh, the the media of the camera, so you can have a JSON file with all the I mean a JSON endpoint with all the uh, with all the media, a list of the file names and then just uh, use the tradition, traditional URL to, to get the, the media. And uh, it's it's, it's uh, decent for me, it gets 15 megabyte uh, download, uh, download speed. That's, that's actually pretty good. Um, it also uh, comes with uh, a few benefits such as getting highlight tags uh, shown on like, you can You can get uh, how many highlight tags you have you can get resolution uh, metadata, you can also get the thumbnail pretty fast. And I even built a whole, I don't know, front-end for this. It's called GoPro Dashboard, And uh, it works really well. Uh, I just plug in my camera, open Firefox, go to our URL, and bam, I get all my media there, and with one click, I can send it to my external server, because it's mounted on, me, it's mounted on, my, on my computer. And uh, that's, that's really the way I recommend it for the Hero Tan Hero 9 I mean, it's, it's of course, a a shameless plug, but uh, it works uh, fantastic.
0: (laughs) Totally. We'll include a link in the show notes to the GitHub repo. Is this something that you could conceive being uh, hosted uh, publicly? Like, uh, if you navigate to uh, a public website that you host, uh, it could somehow (laughs) surface the the camera that you've just plugged into your computer or or do people have to run this uh, dashboard app that you've described building locally in order for it to work is there any is there any possibility that people could get away with using this dashboard app without having to clone a repo and uh, install some python dependencies and uh, uh, start up a server process
1: (laughs) i mean i guess you could do it if you if you just run the website, like if you go to the website and uh, put your IP address, uh, the Python is just because I have a Python API, as you described, but you could do it with a, a JavaScript on the front end, Like it, it can query the, the pictures and everything. So yeah, it could be done on the frontend as well on a, just HTML and JavaScript. Uh, but I prefer it using... But the, I mean, the advantage of, of having the repository cloned and having this program running with this Flask app is that you can just send commands to the py- to the Python file I and mean, to the Python program, and it it can write into your hard drive. Right? That's why I like it because I, it can write into my external server here, my external storage right, Yeah, gotcha, that's gotcha. something you can do with the with the with, uh, with only the website.
0: Totally, totally. I know this is a big issue of getting clips off cameras for GoPro because I remember reading some statistic a few years back that. Ninety-five percent of footage captured on GoPros never comes off the GoPro, and so obviously they've they've invested a ton into uh, the GoPro Plus bundle. Uh, yeah, subscription oh, yeah. service.
1: That's another. Yeah, that's another way.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, cool. Any anything else we should add for audience <laughs> members who might want to give GoPro Pi API a, a try, or uh, any recommendations about cool stuff people can hack together? With the the Python API client that you've created,
1: well, uh, I mean, you, if you need to like extend your GoPro in any way, if you need to make it, if you if you want to make the GoPro do something that it currently doesn't do, uh, the APIs that GoPro has exposed they really help, uh, and yeah, basically, uh, people have been using my, my like my my API Python API and and the the documentation I've written for. Uh, quite a number of things. Uh, there are companies that are been building some submarines, people have been putting it on the, uh, trees to capture birds, uh, even some government agencies right. have been using my API as well, uh, hobbies as, as well. Uh, so, yeah, it, it just comes to your creativity. Like, uh, if you want your GoPro to do something like uh, that you uh, currently cannot do, uh, GoPro Pi, Pi API will probably help you accomplish this.
0: Sweet, sweet. Well, we'll include links to in the show notes. Listeners who want to check it out, please do. It's really cool. Thanks for coming on, Conrad. It's been awesome having you on. For more, visit us on iTunes or our website at theaccidentalengineer.com.